What's going on, everyone? It's Bales, and welcome back to the AFL Fantasy Head-to-Head Series for 2024, where we put up two players up against each other and sort of compare their stats and see who'll be picking out of the two. And we've got the big dog um, for the very first episode, and it's a, a good duo to be talking about as well, but I've got the godfather of fantasy. It is uh, Warney from the Traders. Warney, mate, how are you? Hey, Bales. Good, mate. Good. Very excited. Uh, this series is a fantastic series, and we are so deep into our fantasy uh, content at the moment. I think the whole community's been up and about, and there's a lot going on. So it's a nice time to be talking about uh, the Rucks, which will be a very interesting line. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, it's, it's almost seemed like as soon as January 1 hit, preseason really just got kicked into gear. So, And we're getting involved as well. So we're going to be talking about two Rucks. Brody Grundy of the Sydney Swans will be uh, taking on Tristan Cherry in this head-to-head battle. Both very, very relevant players. I'll be taking Tristan Cherry. Warning, will be taking Brody Grundy. So, first of all, warning, um, why should people be picking Brody Grundy in the AFL Fantasy side for 2024? Well, I guess for a lot of us, he was probably one of the first picked in a way when we saw uh, the trade go down. Um, He's going to Sydney where he will be the number one ruck because we can basically erase 2023 from our history books of um, of fantasy, especially for BG, who um, has been a former pig. Well, he's still a pig because you never lose pig status, but with what he's done in his past, and if we remember some of that stuff there, he had two years of back-to-back 120-plus score uh, averages, sorry, um, and that's obviously elite um not many rucks well have ever done that before so nice to see um that we've got a guy that can score when he's in that role and that's what it's all about and so he's moving to the swans after having that year at the demons where he was the understudy essentially to max gone which they didn't well he probably didn't go into that thinking that would be exactly where it was and then end up in the vfl and all that sort of stuff but his average dropped down to 75 so that's what um is making him such a relevant pick this year and a guy that you can and i looked at it and opened up you just have to start him so i see an absolute minimum is basically a 95 is where I'm at. So there's 20 points upside. And if we're getting 20 points upside from anyone, um, that's a massive win. But in the ruck line where you're getting someone at such value, so his figure next to his name is pretty nice. It's 677K. And so when you're thinking about that, well, not quite half, but you've got your big dog there in Tim English, who was a must start last year. Um, We've paid up for him too because um, he was priced over 100 and then obviously yes, smashed that. But we're looking at a ruck that has been there before in the past um, and things can only be better. And a 95 will probably also put him in that range of – it's probably number four. Um, I'm thinking where I'm at. I'm, I've got my – I reckon it's English, Marshall, Max Gone. Um, we might talk about him a little bit later. But And then I think Brody Grundy. And, and as I said, it's a minimum of 95. I guess the biggest things from this, and this is where it's all about, so we see what he can do. Um, when he is solo, and that's that's probably the um, that's probably the key to it all. So, Laddams, I don't think he's really going to be there or, or shake um, anything up for the Swans in that. Like, will they just keep rocking with Hayden McLean as that sort of secondary ruck? Who knows what that's really going to look like? But Grundy's not a forward. I think we learnt that last year, so they're going to need to play him in the forward line a lot more. So, um, yeah. I guess the history is there that gives us everything that we need to. Um, and, yeah, he's in the prime age, like he's 30. I think he turns 30 this year. Um, 
that's where rucks are doing their thing. And he's been doing it basically since that third year. So that third season um, he played, well, the third that he was playing, he averaged 91. So it was a pretty decent effort there. And then from there, it was basically 100-plus in each of those years until 2022. And that was um, an injury-affected one because he only played the six games and we saw a fair bit of work there from Darcy Cameron um, in that as well. But then, obviously, that 2023, it was the 17 games for that 75. So pretty much it's a, a bit of a layup and an easy pick for me. I guess the, the tricky thing is the fact that they are playing opening round and therefore they will have a buy. So, well, the early buy and that early buy for them is round five. So that um, adds a little bit to your thinking. It's nice that it is one of the uh, the later early buys, if you want to call it that. But, um, but yeah, I think that as a ruck, you can um, hold that through there. It's uh, going to be a very challenging thing with these early buys, but I'm, I'm all in on Brody Grundy. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people are as well. I'm just having a look at his ownership there, 52.3% as of time of recording. So a lot of people are jumping on him. So as you mentioned, he's you don't really see Laddams as, as too much finish. Obviously, we'll get a gauge preseason, see how it's tracking. But um, it's the first year really Brady Grundy's being a solo ruck for, for quite some time. I think it would be well before COVID uh, when he was a solo ruck. So obviously, as you said, he had Darcy Cameron. He's had Max Gorn at Melbourne. Where do you and, and Max wants the same, and obviously we'll touch on him in a sec as well. But where do you see sort of his ruck percentage being? Do you see it being upwards of 75, 80%? Do you see it being maybe a little bit less? Where do, where do you see that maybe currently sitting? Um, obviously, before we've seen any action whatsoever. Yeah, I'm feeling like it has to be there in those marks. 80% more or more is probably where you're looking at. That's where you probably see a lot of these rucks do their thing as well. So, um, you know, even when Max wasn't rucking. Um, so at the um, sorry at Melbourne when Grundy was out of the side, Max was doing that. It was pretty much eighty percent of ruck time um, doing that. And then if you look at the Swans as well, so Hickey he's retired, so it's probably worth mentioning there. He was doing you know the seventy percent or so, but that's with you know the sharing with McLean or. Um, they didn't. He didn't really. He didn't share with Laddams at all. So McLean. So Hickey was the the number one ruck. But I, yeah, I can't see it being any less than seventy percent in my opinion because I've really got a gun ruckman who, as we know as well, and this is probably something worth mentioning, is it's more about being a ruckman. It is that sort of on baller that he was and those pig years that he did have of the one twenty pluses. That's what made him so good because he was like that extra on baller there and and. I don't, you know, he's looking pretty good. I'm seeing preseason shots of him. He's, he's looking fit and he'll be happy too. That's the other thing. I think it's that's the other side of it. No, that's probably not the uh, – no metric can be uh, measured on that one of how happy he is and the stats on that. But I feel like he's going to go into this season with a bit of a point to prove as well. That's something else that I do like about what BG's able to do. Yeah, yeah, I exactly agree as well. Yeah, as you said, he's going to be so much more happier. Um, so the mental side of things is going to be great, and also physically it's great as well. So uh, ticking all the boxes and a good and sort of the cheat code with him a little bit is we actually get to see him in opening round. But also that might throw up some curveballs mm. if he goes like an 80, 85, Then people are going to be like, "Oh, do we start him?" But I think that um, a lot of people are starting him. I think regardless. it's interesting goes, too because that is. That is against um, his old mate there in Max Gorn. So that yeah. will be interesting yeah. to see how that goes. And that's almost another reason why maybe not to read too much into it. Not that um, the, the D's actually gave up enough points in the ruck. So it's not like it's a tough matchup um, for fantasy-wise. But we'll see how that works out because round one or round zero, as that is, um, they yeah. – 
I think you can wipe the uh, the history books a little bit for how players start in those games. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, um, but we'll move on to uh, the other side of the coin here, which is going to be Tristan Cherry. So he doesn't have the opening round buy, which is a bit of a plus over him. And Gorn also has that uh, opening round buy, but Tristan Cherry. 580k, very, very cheap. Um, he's cheapest out of the sort of the two. And then we'll pretty much touch on all three of the rucks, as we've mentioned. Um, so he's uh, just a tick under 19 cents. So a little bit more unique than what a Brody Grundy is. But uh, we did see him last year playing as that number one ruck. Um, very, very uh, small sample size. But so sort of the two things that stick out to me with uh, Tristan Cherry was in round one against uh, West Coast, obviously, when he went down with the ankle injury. He started really well. He was on 26 points. I think it would have been just past midway point of the first quarter and then uh, just got his ankle caught underneath, uh, was subsequently uh, ruled out of the rest of the game, and then he was ruled out for at least a couple of months after that. So uh, returned. I think his first game was in round 17. He played uh, Geelong, and he was actually the solo ruck in this game. Uh, had 19 disposals and 45 hitouts for 110 points. So that just sort of shows the sort of type of, of scores that he has got the capability of, of doing. So whether he's got well, he should have the main share of that of that ruck. Um, obviously, Todd Goldstein off to Essendon. Obviously, your Bombers warning will be uh, playing for you guys this season. Um, but yeah, Cherry has got the round the ruck. And there's not really a huge amount of data, unlike Grundy, we could probably talk about compared to Cherry because there's been such a small sample size. Just the fact that he is so cheap. So if you look at the price difference between him and Gorn, because a lot of people, Grundy is more often than not going to be the guy that people start. It's just whether you go Gorn or Cherry. So Gorn being priced at 831k, you save yourself that just a tick over 250k, um, which is which is a significant uh, amount of price. It could be a difference when you're getting a, I don't know, it could be someone in that mid range of your mids, like here, you Cam Guthrie, Ollie Wines, Matt Crouch, someone like that, and going all the way up to a guy like a Rory Laird and Andrew Brayshaw, um, a uh, not Clayton Oliver, Jordan Dawson, Zach Merritt, any of these guys that are up sort of over 900k and are like your bona fide uber premium captain options each week so it could be different when you're getting one of those guys so we will bring Gorney a little bit into this conversation now Wardy um so obviously Gorney 831k he hasn't been solo up for a number of years as well so all three of these guys great thing is solo rucks would have been great if Cherry had forward status but unfortunately didn't quite get it so it means coach have got tough decisions probably makes the game a bit more fun as well it means people are going to go different directions and stuff so I think we all know Gorn's going to be so Where do you sit with starting Gorn and Grundy? Both have got uh, the early buys and spending up the extra 250-odd K um, to get Gorn. Or are you saving a bit of cash and going cherry, getting a player that doesn't have a buy and then using your funds elsewhere? Yeah, see, I'm, I'm leaning towards that, I think. Um, I do love – this is – going to be a big decision that coaches will need to make I think over the time which obviously we need to because you can only really have two of them and I think realistically it's between those three um, players I think that's where it's at and it's about if it's about upside I think it is about um, Tristan Cherry and also Brody Grundy I think they're the two that have the the upside the thing that I like about Grundy though is that I think he can be a 105 plus which then gets yeah. him closer to the top of the line so um, maybe I'm being conservative with what I think about with Grundy as a 95 um, what's What's Cherry going to average? Like, is he an 85 to 90? Is that where we see him at? What If you were to put a number on it, what would you think it would be, Bales? 
Yeah, I've got him at 85 plus, which is um, puts him at, I think that's about um, near 20 points or over 20 points of value. I'm, yeah. I haven't got quite exactly what the price that figure is. I think is cherry price, I think he's yeah, priced at um, a tick under 66. So yep. if you get 85, you're getting over 20 points of upside. Um, yeah, I think he's got the capability of going 90 to 95 um, in the realms of possibility, I think. Uh, but as you mentioned, I do think Grundy, we have seen it before in the past. He's got that 120 everything. I don't think he's going to average 120, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if Grundy um, would average 110. Like it's just, We just know that that's what he can do. He, he obviously is not like an extra midfielder around there. So I think because Grundy has got that sort of, you probably a bit, um, feel more confident with him. Um, and Gorn, we know... Um, can can go so much better um, as well and go well over 100. If you want the safety, it's probably locking those two in. Whereas the thing with Cherry is you're saving a lot more cash and you're going to be getting a guy that you'd like to think will average around that 85, 90, potentially 95 mark if everything goes well. So do you have Cherry about the same, 85, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit Yeah, less? I think... I think I've got to be thinking about that 85 range and I'm trying to pump out my draft rankings at the moment. That's almost about where I've got him. Um, you know, the, the low 80s, just giving that a little bit of a look there. It's it's tough. I, I feel like when we're talking draft that he could push and knock on the door of that top 10. Um, but where you're seeing with the, the gone and the Grundy is that they can both um, be 100 plus and therefore a, a three and four. Um, but in saying that, who knows? What could happen with Roe Marshall and Tim English? You'd be a brave man to say that they're going to be better than them, but um, that gap is certainly going to be bridged on where that was this year from those, you know, the three and four ruck, I think, to to where Roe Marshall and, and Tim English are. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, and just quickly to touch on Gorn as well, what do you see Gorn averaging this year? Obviously, we've seen him go over 105 multiple cages of this solo ruck, uh, and I think last time we saw him solo, I think he went 111. Um, average and yeah, the following year average 108 um, with Jackson uh, starting to integrate a little bit in the side there. So what, what do you see him averaging this year? And even his numbers last year were fantastic when Grundy was sitting in the VFL. So I think um, I'm playing pretty conservative. I think that's what I need to do with my draft rankings a little bit. But a 105 um, is where I sort of am, am penciling him in at the moment. But it could be, you know, a 105 to 110 is a, a nice little range of thinking where he could end up. So, yeah, it's just those big decisions that you could make. That's massive upside as well. If you're thinking he's going over the 105 mark, then, then he is a bit of a must start for you, I think, of what he can be doing so um that's where but that this is what the tricky thing is this is why this is such a good um question i guess these this versus here of these two players is that that how much does that uh not uh, not playing opening round for um tristan cherry there how much does that actually factor into your decision making because you don't have to worry about a buy you don't have to think about right this is where my size is going to look especially when there is some um other value around but in saying that it's going to be really really hard to go away from those two big dog rucks yeah yeah great um going to be a very, very interesting call, uh, which uh, two of the three we go. But uh, the time has come to decide who you'd be picking out of Grundy and Cherry. So, Warney, who'd be, you'd be picking out of the two if you could only pick one of them? Yeah, I'm just going to go with Grundy and deal with the consequences of the buy later. But, yeah, I think that's where I'm just going to have to go because it is ridiculous value. Um, there's more value in Grundy, in my opinion, over saying, oh, mate, Cherry. But only just. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it is. It's. I think it's, it is definitely closer. I think than what the ownership says. So that like fifty odd plus percent of Grundy and 
just under 27 cherry but yeah i think grundy as we mentioned the sort of the stats for like i think just the 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 optimism of um and sort of expectation that we probably as a fantasy community have on grundy is that we know how good he is and we all expect him to go at least 95 plus and we're all sort of hoping 100 plus maybe close to 105 and maybe even touch 110 um but I think it's going to change. It could change. Like opening round is going to people are going to change their side so much after opening round because we've got so many relevant players that we'll probably talk on the head to head series. But you've got like your Taylor Adams, your James Jordan, Jack Billings as like your sort of your mid price options. You've got Gorn and Grundy. You've got premium options all playing. It's just and like and you've got even more value players than like a guy like Zach Williams and even a Kitty Coleman. So people are going to bring players in based on their round one points. If Gorn goes 140, in the pre-seat, uh, in the opening round, and uh, Grundy uh, sort of goes about 90. People might even just go from Grundy to Gorn. People might go Gorn and Grundy and get rid of Cherry after the opening round. It's going to be really interesting to see. Is that sort of how you see it playing out as well, if Gorn and that and that go uh, massive in the pre-seat in the opening round? Yeah, it is. It's, it's going to be super interesting because obviously those round zero scores will um, affect price changes too. So that might be the thing that you might need to consider going into round one. So that price jump is going to be important. And obviously where that buy sits there. So if you're looking at um, if you're looking at some of our players there, like, let's think about Rundy, for example. So the Swans, they have that round five buy, but they're only, when I say only sharing that um, with Collingwood, are there many pies that we are really going to be picking? That's going to be the question there. And the same probably goes for Max Gone too. There's probably fewer Tigers that we're even looking at in that position. So um, so they've probably got nice buys where you can probably ride them if you need to. So I think any of the buy rounds, there might be one or two um, premium or mid-price premium options that you can be picking um, with those ones. So it's it's going to be – we don't know the answer. That's what's going to be so exciting about this year is that we don't know what's going to work and what's going to be right. And we can talk ourselves into plenty of different things, and that's what uh, this time of the year is all about. Yeah, exactly right. And that was what I was going to quickly touch on that before we finished off as well, just about, yeah, starting both Gorn and Grundy's that both of them have got the buys. So, yeah, you see that as being a, a valid play because the buy, the other team's on the same buy as them aren't really too, like you're not gonna have too many of them yeah if they were sharing the same buy that would probably be a bit disastrous but um i think the fact that they've got separate buys but then that might affect how you uh how you pick your players too because it might mean that you're putting a line through taylor adams because that upside may not be there but then what if he goes and busts the 110 in that round zero and we see that he becomes that must have mid forward because we all know what the forward line looks like at the moment yeah, it's like a bit of a dog's breakfast, if you ask me. Yeah, not too many good options there, but uh, that'll do it. Um, well, actually, well, it's, I think it's without. I normally ask um, you who you've got in your side, but I think obviously it's been said, but both of us have got Cherry and uh, Grundy in our side. I'm assuming that's correct. Uh, yes, currently that is, but I think Max yeah. Gollan could certainly be there as well. Yeah, yeah, Grundy well, and Cherry being there for me. Yeah, Granny and Cherry there for me at the moment. I just, I just that 250k for the structure I'm looking for at the moment does um, help a lot, and it also helps which me get. Goes, uh, you go, which yeah, probably go. goes a little bit with the um, the idea of the, almost the guns and rookies thing this year. I think that's something that we are probably thinking about because I'd prefer to have those big dog midfielders when we're playing those best 18 in those early rounds. That might be the way that um, why I'm probably thinking a Grundy and a Cherry could be the go, but. Max Gorn has a lot of value too. If you think he's done going that one hundred and five plus, yeah, yeah. I I, I didn't know that sicko sort in my head just putting uh, Cherry on the bench and 
pretty grundy and uh, oh. gone on just to get that uh, the sort of the loot, uh, loot and stuff. But I don't. He can't do that. Can't uh, spend near six hundred k on the bench. But uh, but yeah. But no, beautiful. Thank you very much, uh, Warney, for jumping on the first episode. If you did enjoy the video, guys, make sure you do leave a like as always. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Big things coming on the channel uh, this year. We've got plenty of content coming out for you guys and. Me and Tim will be back behind the mics this Sunday um, doing our uh, – it won't be a, a live round review. It'll just be uh, us talking through our teams and our opening round thoughts. But, uh, uh, yeah, we'll be talking through that throughout the season. Then we will be doing our live uh, round reviews as well. Morning, mate. Thank you very much for jumping on. What can the people expect from you for the rest of uh, pre-season and heading into the season proper? A fair bit of stuff. Basically, we've got our AFL record. We've sort of finished writing that up and uh, getting excited about that. I think first week of February, that should be out. So we'll have some more info there on socials. But heaps of stuff on DT Talk. You can check out the deck of DT. Bales, you start. well, you got your first one out there in uh, Rory Laird, which uh, was a great <laughs> read. So you can go and check that out on dreamteamtalk.com. But uh, plenty of AFL fantasy content um, on the official AFL website where you'll be able to see plenty of things. We've got our club previews at the moment and podcasts there. So we'll be firing up uh, into a bit of normality after that. But it's going to be a big pre-season, especially with um, all of our pracky games coming in Feb. And the big opening round is going to make things super interesting for uh, all of us in the content world. But as coaches, it's massively interesting because we've got so much to consume and so much to take in before we sort of lock our teams in for round one. Yep, exactly right. And then also, uh, just quickly touch as well, you guys got your obviously Patreon as well. What can uh, people be expecting uh, to start the season there and, and where can people sign up for that as well? Yeah, so patreon.com slash Talk. We're on our little hiatus at the moment, so all the members on there, uh, we've just paused all the billing for that. We'll sort of launch a bit closer to the start of the season. We've got a few different things this year, a few exciting things uh, coming up. We won't let any cats out of the bag yet, but, yeah, we're excited about it. That was really fun last year, so we're looking forward to that uh, continuing on into 2024. It's, uh, the community is a lot of fun, and I think that's what we've got to remember. It's all about fun, and um, that's what we're all about. Yeah, exactly right. I get uh, it's sort of uh, when people say it's fun and I'm watching the game, it doesn't seem fun to me. I just want to win it, win all the time. But uh, yeah, exactly right. But beautiful. Thank you very much, Warney, for jumping on uh, social media links for uh, me and Scritch below. Make sure you go and follow at Warney DT as well across the social. So uh, tomorrow we back, well, uh, Wednesday, sorry. Obviously, these will be released Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, each week for the next uh, few weeks as we go to the season. Um, we got uh, another special guest and we're going to be talking about a couple of premium defenders that you guys might be looking at starting in your side. So make sure you guys tune to that. And until then, catch you guys then. I'm out and warned you out. Cheers. Cheers.